Hey everyone, this is Eric. <laughs> oh, Tess, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you were eating. Here, wait. Tess, this... I'm so sorry. I didn't realize you were gonna press record and I just shoved a bunch of crackers in my mouth. So now this is our ASMR portion. Let me just chew my crackers really quick. Why don't you tell them what the podcast is about, Leaf? Hey, and you're listening to the same team y'all podcast. Thank you so much to the Hypnotic Brass Ensemble for recording our intro live. Thank you so much. Uh, this is Same Team, y'all. This is a podcast where two best librarian friends talk about stuff they're loving, uh, tales from their respective libraries, and life lessons we've learned along the way. We just do this to brighten your day. And uh, we often eat, what was that that you were eating, Tess? Eating white cheddar Cheez-Its. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't blame you. Have you ever tried the extra large Cheez-Its? I don't think I have. Yes. I, even, so, I don't think I even knew they made extra large Cheez-Its. So they're both amazing and a little disappointing because on the <laughs> box, they look like they're the size of Pop-Tarts. Like they look like they're oh, massive. No. <laughs> but they're really just they're really just like like saltine size maybe. Oh no, no! Think sm think like a like somewhere <laughs> between a cheese it and a saltine, you know? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah. that much bigger than a cheese it. <laughs> no, I mean on the box they're like guys, they're seventy five percent bigger, but really like <laughs> if you just make the cheese it a little bit bigger, I mean, I don't know. It it is uh, where it is. Uh, hey Tess, I'm so excited to be here. Uh, oh, good, I'm glad. <laughs> I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it all fortnight, man. Well, that's awesome. I know because we were considering changing the title of our podcast to two people barely hanging on. Um, so I'm glad to hear that you've been uh, doing okay. And you've been, um, you know, hanging in there all right. And you're excited for two, the podcast. Two people barely hanging on. And you know what, listeners? We're hanging on there with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I feel like everyone is just barely hanging on right now. I will say specifically if you have any people who work at a public library in your life particularly people who work in youth services you should be especially nice to them through the months of june through august because summer is rough at the library it's very busy very demanding um it's uh yeah, I think sometimes we and we've talked about this many times, but I think public perception sometimes is like, oh, it's just like one tumbleweed and an old lady <laughs> and a bunch of books. But no, guys, guys, at least in my experience at the libraries I've worked at, it is hopping, you know. Are you ready for our inspirational quote of the episode? I'm ready to be inspired. Okay, hopefully this will inspire you. I saw this quote. In an episode of Queer Eye, which is a TV show on Netflix where five gay guys fix people's lives. It's a very inspirational show, um, just in general. If you are looking for something feel good, you should check it out. And this was a quote that I heard in the episode. It's from a poet named Andrea Gibson. 
When your heart is broken, you plant seeds in the cracks and pray for rain. When your heart is broken, you plant seeds in the cracks of your heart and pray for rain. Yeah. I like that idea because like, I think if you are feeling broken, you might be feeling like, you know, you're always going to be that way. And the truth is you might always be that way, Mm. but that doesn't mean that your experience is less valid or that you're a less valuable member of society. It just means that you're growing into somebody new. Um, And so I just wanted to let anyone out there who might be feeling broken, it's okay. You can compost yourself and become somebody new. (laughs) You're not trash. You're just compost. You're, you're being recycled and your, your, your future form will be even better than the one that you are in right now. (laughs) You're just slowly breaking down and uh, having fungus sprout out of you. Um, you're becoming very musty, very strong smell, like a like a um, uh, like a greenhouse or like that uh, the greenhouse section of Lowe's, and your energy is going into the earth. And uh, yeah, I mean, also, I think your heart's breaking and you're hanging on. But I mean, in theory, we've talked about this before. It will pass, hopefully, fingers crossed, and it's okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think we've ever done this before, but if anyone wants to send us a quote, our email is sameteamyall at gmail.com. We would love to receive an email from you. Um, also, if you enjoy what you're listening to today, um, please uh, send us a like or a review. And also, I realize another thing we've never asked, uh, tell someone about us. That's probably even more worthwhile than, <laughs> than anything else. If you know anybody who likes meandering podcasts about mm. positivity then yeah give uh give a wreck to mm. them because mm. we we love to talk about stuff that we love and i think we're about to get right into it aren't we sir oh let's you know speaking of stuff i love this is the stuff that we so much yeah and a special thanks to past leaf and past test for singing that live through the temporal vortex uh thank you so much remember when we sang that we were we were like we were looking at each other and we we're like you know what we're feeling it man i am really proud of us that day we wrote wrote <laughs> We compose, quote unquote, all of our little segment music just with a ukulele, yeah. like on on the spot. We were like, okay, we need a song for this. How about this? Great. Done. <laughs> do you remember, I think about this often, do you remember the break time music for, do you remember when we had Pop Goes the Library? And so we had, a, it, it was you going, or was it me? It was a ukulele, and it goes, ding, ding, ding. And I go, break time. <laughs> ding, ding, break time. I do, because it would get higher and higher. Yeah, yeah. I remember Elizabeth said I uh, sounded like um, 
Adam Sandler when I did it. Oh, that's a compliment in yeah, my book. Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty cool. Uh, would you like to take the first love? It's entirely up to you. No, I think you should go first. Okay. I'm going to go first. So my first love involves, so for our listeners, <clears throat> Um, I'm gonna square. I'm gonna share my screen with Tess, so you'll just hear what we're watching. Um, but that also is a good point to mention that we are on YouTube. Tess uh, um, uploads all of our episodes to uh, the YouTubes, and uh, uh, we were pleasantly surprised when uh, we got a comment. Someone said, uh, "Thanks so much. I'm glad you guys are back." Remember when you saw that, Tess? I did see that. Uh, we yeah. both saw it. So thank you to anyone who spends any amount of time listening to this. Whoever podcast. that was, was that Brett? No, it wasn't. It for for real wasn't Brett. <laughs> for real isn't. Okay. He doesn't listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me see if I remember how to share my screen. Give me one second. You tell me if you can see a screen. Do you see a screen? I see. Oh yes, I see a screen. You should see. Oh, well, there's a spoiler. Don't look at that. Okay, here's a screen. I'm going to full screen this. Do you see that? Yeah, I do. For the listeners, what does it say at the top of it? It says Final Fantasy 13 US trailer. Okay, I think this is it. So if you remember last year or last episode, I was loving um, Final Fantasy 13. Um, and I talked about uh, briefly why I was enjoying the, that that game without getting into further details. And I thought, figured, what better way to to show my love for this game than by showing this trailer that they made um, that I've watched many, many times because it is it features the the music of a well. You know what? I'm rambling. Let's just get into it. <laughs> Oh, I can't hear it. Oh, thank you for saying something. I always think that once I'm sharing the audio, then it will just stay sharing. I'm glad you said that. So I need to go back to screen share. There we go. Okay. Ah, I got it. I'm glad you said so because I would be heartbroken if you couldn't hear it. Okay. Here, wait. Take two. <laughs> we'll edit that out. Don't worry. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> Can you hear it? We will see her, right? Yeah. Good. We'll see her again. And soon. You convinced me of that. So stay strong. Don't worry. We'll finish this. And go see her together. Look, branded by Pulse, I'm a Lassie, enemy of Cocoon. Danger to us all. My parents died. I had to be strong for Sarah, so I thought I needed to forget my past. And I became Lightning. I thought that by changing my name, I could change who I was. Who are you? I've got a few screws loose, but I'm a Lassie, same as you. You must be Snow. Sid Reigns, Brigadier General of the Fleet. Your son's a hero. We'll erect a memorial in Eden and put his crystal on display. If they find out you're sheltering Lassie, they'll... You're my son! 
This is your home. The point is, I have people I can count on. I'll make it through. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. The very existence of you in the sea puts every last one of us in danger. Tell me, do you really think your life is worth more than the lives of millions of Cocoon citizens? So this is the Foul Sea. It's this thing's fault the purge started it. And it's people who are dying. Sarah told us to save Cocoon. That means this thing needs to die. You're not gonna go through this ordeal alone, you know. That's what scares me. I don't... I don't want to see you get hurt because of me. Let Cocoon get what's coming. Better that than watch a friend go see. What happens when your actions end up ruining someone's life? How do you pay for what you've done? Shoot me! Don't you even! Either you die and everything will be sugar and rainbows? What do you want from me? You saw the fools. A mindless mob drunk on fear of a fuelless sea. Is this the cocoon you dreamed of? My dream is but a Falsy's fancy now. Let's move! Oh, that guy. Man, 2010 is going to be a killer year for video <laughs> games. Am I right? <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's a trailer for a game that I'm loving. Uh, I've watched it many times because uh, I think it works really well with that music by uh, Leona Lewis. And uh, it makes me feel all the feelings. It's great. It looks like uh, a very emotional game. Um, and also, I love that it included gameplay in the trailer, because now that I am a hardcore gamer, <laughs> I really appreciate when the trailer for a game actually includes gameplay footage and not just scenes from the cutscenes. Well, um, <laughs> astute gamers will notice 
It was mostly cutscenes, to be fair. It was mostly cutscenes, but they did include like gameplay, so you can kind of get an idea. Yeah. Uh, like what that's gonna look like. Also, do you get to ride chickens in this game? So, excellent question. Um, so in the Final Fantasy series, there are these birds called chocobos, which are basically large yellow chickens, essentially. And yes, you get to ride chocobos. So. That looked pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really it's a really awesome game, and it's a great story. And Final Fantasy thirteen is still a stuff I'm loving. Can I ask another question, and then we can move on? You may. I gotta wipe all my tears. I was crying during that. Oh, I man. was. It's just so like I'm not even. I I won't like bore you in the by going like oh my god, and then this character, but it's just like such a. It's such a story, man. It's such a story. I, I know that you don't feel ashamed of crying. I know sometimes people do feel no. ashamed of crying. I was going to tell you, don't feel bad. I literally stopped crying moments before we started this podcast. Was it Was it because <laughs> those Cheez-Its were so gosh darn good? Gosh fudging so, good. I have a friend who's having surgery tomorrow and I'm worried about them and I probably don't need to worry about them. It's a very common procedure, but I, I just can't help it. And I was just feeling a little overwhelmed. And so I thought it's a good thing. I'm about to have a nice conversation with my friend. That'll distract me. Um, what my question is, <laughs> what is a Lassie? I know. So, so this game has like a lot of different kind of terminology, essentially in a nutshell. Um, in this world, uh, there is a floating constructed planet called Cocoon above the more traditional Earth-like planet Pulse. So there's Cocoon up in the sky and there are beings called Falci, which are basically deities um, that can then... Uh, choose a human to become a Lissy that is there um essentially they are given a task that they must fulfill um or they become a seath which is a monster so oh. yeah the plot of 13 essentially is that our main characters due to circumstances beyond their control are become a become Lissy within the planet of cocoon and Cocoon has been told these stories about how dangerous they are and how dangerous the lower world of Pulse is. And so the game is a way of them. What do they do with their last days that they have before they transform? And is there any hope for the hopeless? Is there any way to reverse this thing that has never been reversed before so so the task that they're given is impossible the task that they're given is so on cocoon there are falci and then on pulse there are falci and the story is that they were at war together a long time ago and cocoon lives up in the sky and cocoon is freaking dope as hell because think of it like a a sphere but the city is, and for listeners, this doesn't mean anything to you. I got my hand up. But think of like the city living, all the cities and the oceans and the forest on the inside of the sphere, if you see what I mean. So if you're in a town on Cocoon and you look up into the night sky, 
at first glance like it looks another town above it, you it wow. looks like stars but it's actually the 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 lights of cities above you it's freaking dope um so they at first they didn't know their focus their focus is like the tasks they have to accomplish mm-hmm. um but then since they were given they were turned into Lassie by a pulse falsy their focus is to destroy cocoon so they're right. given the impassable choice to destroy their home or become a monster essentially and while the game is going on the soldiers and the military of cocoon are are after our 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 characters and then the one girl sarah who you saw like apologizing she was the one she showed her brand enemy of cocoon and all that her she was the first one to be branded you get a brand and then the brand actually changes over time until the eye opens up and you turn into a monster and she tells snow who was her boyfriend at the time and she runs away and then he he proposes to her you know knowing that it's hopeless it's like a it's a devastating story it's devastating it's so good it sounds so emotional (laughs) my goodness it's really emotional it's so good it's so good (laughs) I guess I had no idea such emotional games existed. And I played some like cozy games that do have emotional moments. Yeah. But this sounds like really intense. Well, it's really, <laughs> it's really like, it's just like hopeless from beginning to end, you know? And then I don't want to spoil anything, but, you know, hope is found and, you know, in un, un, you know, unforeseen situations. But I mean, it's it's a great story and it's a cool world. So when they set up this this world, Square Enix, the the developer, originally wanted to have multiple games in this world, as opposed to usually each Final Fantasy game is its own standalone. Like seven is its own world, and then eight is its own, and you don't need to know anything. And so they spent a lot of time developing this universe. And there are even like deities beyond the Foul Sea that are only like alluded to in this game. And then because of just circumstances beyond their control and development things it turned into um the world of 13 is contained within three games which is still more than the other ones it's 13 13 2 and then the third one is called lightning returns final fantasy 13 and lightning is that uh character you saw with the pink hair at the beginning and she's she's dope as freaking hell she's great so (laughs) sarah is her so i'll keep going sarah is her sister and then snow is the guy with like the bandana and the trench coat that's um snow is sarah's fiance and um yeah Um, it's uh, just one more question you you Um, may ask i'll talk about this forever if i can final fantasy games if they're not connected by plot are they connected by theme kind of um or are they just like we just call all our games the same thing (laughs) so yeah great question so um they're not connected by plot and not even the worlds are the same like this one if you saw was kind of like futuristic but there's still magic and then some worlds like um final fantasy 16 just came out a few days ago as of recording and i haven't i haven't played that yet and uh that's set in a more traditional like a uh, 
Game of Thrones, Witcher kind of medieval world. But they are connected by, like, they usually face similar themes. Usually, this one is defying your... So, mm, well, here, wait, I'll put, I'll put it... And then there are certain elements that cross through. Um, uh, like, usually, like, uh, Final Fantasy without any magic would be weird. Like, that kind of thing. Chocobos are a reoccurring thing. There's a few other, like, there's things called Moogles and Cactar. Like, the, I don't know, it's, it's almost like Star Wars. Like, you know how, like, Star Wars, like it feels like star wars mm-hmm. and it's hard to describe like that's how it is and i was gonna say real quick so the theme for 13 is like defying your fate kind of like if your fate is to become a monster or to destroy your home you can choose to defy it and then final fantasy 15 which was originally developed i apologize for this as a part of this universe is going to be final fantasy is going to be 13 versus Final Fantasy, which I don't even know what that meant. But 15 (laughs) is about accepting your obligations, which is 15, 13, 15. They're they're just... Your two favorite Final Fantasies. Well, they're the only... uh, Right now, they're my Kurt. I don't know. They're just so good. But anyway, 13, it's a stuff I'm loving, man. And you'll probably learn more when it's still my stuff I'm loving in uh, one fortnight so <laughs> you know what i like that i like that you uh are, that you you when you love a stuff you love it with your whole heart and that's that, well, cause <laughs> I, that here because <laughs> i finished 13 a month or so ago and i've i've beat it three times in my life and these are big games like for me i think i finished i think i finished this at like 70 hours or something and and now I'm playing 13-2, and I'm like 20 hours into that. But it's the same world. So I'm sure I'll have stuff I'm loving about 13-2. Maybe the music. The music's killer. So, um, For my first stuff, would you like to hear about cats or dogs? Ooh, let's go with, <laughs> let's go with cats first. Okay, so the first stuff I'm loving is a graphic novel series uh called cat's cafe by matt tarpley okay and i i read it via hoopla which if you uh if you don't utilize your public library you should look into hoopla it's a streaming app through your public library and you can stream audiobooks and you can download ebooks and you can watch movies and TV and listen to music and you can read graphic novels. And I read Cat's Cafe via Hoopla and mm. I it it presents itself as a very cute, very accessible for all ages to include children story about a cat who has a cafe, Cat's Cafe. And um, the cat serves coffee to various woodland creatures that live in the area. (laughs) But even though that's what it looks like it's about, it's really about mental health and about living with depression and anxiety and supporting your friends who are going through um, mental health struggles. And it's a really sweet story and um and then there's a sequel called one cup at a time which is just further adventures of the uh people who drink at cat's cafe 
<laughs> and it's uh, not people, but animals. They're all animals. Um, and it's a really sweet series. And I would recommend it to anybody who might be going through some stuff, which is seems like everybody these days, honestly, <laughs> we're all going through it. Um, and I also think it would be good maybe if you have a child in your life and you want to maybe have some conversations around mental health in a non-scary sort of way, you could like read the book together and say, oh, you see, Rabbit is really worried about this. Do you ever worry about things, Mm. you know? Or, oh, the hyena was sad, so he asked his friends for help. What do you do when you're sad? Do you ask people for help? You should, you know? Um, I think it's a really great, you know, kind of starting off point. If anyone out there needs to have some sort of conversation with somebody about it, I think it would be a good tool. And it's also just really super cute also and very wholesome. And it, it'll, it'll give you all the feels. It's, it was a really, it was a really nice experience. So Cat's Cafe and the sequel, One Cup of, One Cup at a Time is the stuff I've been loving. (laughs) Cat's Cafe and a sequel in the collection. Is it a J series? Um, I think it did get cataloged as Jay. I I don't believe that the creator meant for it to be for children. Yeah. Since I work with children, um, I that's kind of where my mind automatically went was like, oh, these cute little animals and they're having a cafe. And like I said, we cataloged our copies of the book that um are in print at the library in our children's section. But I do think that anyone, any age, like teens could enjoy it. I think adults would enjoy it, specifically if you love cute things. If you're a fellow adult like me who really loves cute things, (laughs) kawaii, then you should take it out for sure. (laughs) Yeah, well, I know like at the library, like we love labeling things. Like that's part of our job to help people find things. But sometimes I find that uh, like if something's, in J or whatnot, like an adult is more uh, less likely to find it, right? You know, yeah, and uh, I know my mom loves to read, mm-hmm. and um, I sometimes will read books from the children's section or the teen section that I think, oh, I bet my mom would really like this. But I know that if I sent her to the library and I told her it's in your children's section or your teen section, she's yeah. not going to check it out. She's like, oh, that's for children. I'm not going to read that. So what I do is I will buy those books and I will have them shipped to her. Yeah. And she <laughs> won't know. Yeah. And then she'll read, you know, uh, The Fault in Our Stars and be like, oh, what a what a good book. <laughs> the Book Thief or, or uh, any other number of like YA or children's books. I The War That Saved My Life. I sent her that one. Um, so yeah, I it, 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 it looks like it might be for kids because they're colorful, cute drawings, but it really resonated with me as a as a grown-up <laughs> well i try to i always try to iterate whenever i'm talking to staff that it's like it's just a label you know what yeah. i mean like who's to say that and i try to for example it's summer reading right now right and so at our library once you're done your thing once you've finished summer reading you can come into the library and you can get a free book and we've got like a cart of adult books at the adult desk children books at the children's desk and uh YA books at the teen desk but I always iterate that you can choose a book from either one of those carts it doesn't mean like oh you're an adult 
you have to get this. Like I try to make that clear. And a lot of, um, I find parents will use their prize to get their kid a book, you know, but, um, yes, we've been experiencing that at our library too. And I know it's on tales from the library, but if you would allow me a quick tale from the library, I'll allow um, it (laughs) because it's summer reading. I think a lot of people are thinking about reading that maybe don't think about reading throughout the rest of the year. And there was uh, a woman who came into the library. She was a grown up. Um, She wasn't attached to any children, but I was telling her about the summer reading program and she wanted to sign up. And then she, she looked at me in the eye and she said, it's been a really long time since I've read a book. Mm. Like, I don't even know where to start. And I said, okay, well um, I said, are there any like TV shows that you really like yes, or movies good question. that you like? Um, because I could try to find a book that's like that. And she very, like, she was very embarrassed. And she said, I really like the Vampire Diaries, the the show on CW. Oh, you are in luck, sister. <laughs> I said, did you know that they were based off of books? And she said, what? And I said, yes. And I can put them on hold for you. And I said, and... Um, and then she said, well, isn't that like for like teens? And I Who said, yeah. a lot of, I said, a lot of adults read out of our YA collection. You do not need to feel guilty or ashamed of that. I said, so many people. And she's like, am I allowed to go over there? There's a sign that says teens only. And I said, no, if you want to go and grab a book off the shelf, mm-hmm. that's perfectly fine. Go on over there. I said, there's a lot actually a lot of vampire books for teens over there that you would really uh, enjoy i was about to say if she likes sexy vampires oh boy <laughs> oh boy she's in luck she hit the jackpot yeah, I, I could keep you occupied for years <laughs> yeah. yeah the way i always explain the the teen area or try to explain it to people is because we have signs too that say oh teens it's teen space as i say the space is for teens but the collection's still for everyone you know, that's oh, the way I explain it. That's a really it. good way of putting yeah, it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that I'll have to check that out. Cat's Cafe, right? Yes. Yeah. I'll check it out. I think Freya would really like that. We've been doing a lot of, uh, well, Freya reads all the time anyway, but I need to be better about finding more things for her because she'll just zip right through them. You know? Yeah. I think that it, and like I said, I think it's a great, like, as a family to read together and kind of talk about how you know, the characters are feeling and whether or not you've ever felt that way. Yeah. Very nice. So um, what, what else do you want to tell me about Final Fantasy? <laughs> I, oh, man. Well, actually, just a quick sojourn. So I'm, uh, I am playing 13-2, but it's on the 360. And all that to say is since it's not on the Switch, I have to be in front of a TV. So when I'm not in front of the TV... On my Switch, I've been playing Final Fantasy IX, which uh, came out and came out in 2000. So this is my first time playing it. It's the last Final Fantasy game to come out on the PlayStation One, and that oh choice. But anyway, that, I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about today is a very special day because we received Freya's report card in the mail, and. Oh. Let's look at this. Now, it's been a long time since I've had a report card. Report cards have changed a little bit. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's the same across everywhere, but at least in Freya's school. So instead of ABCs, you get graded on two different things. Um, so there's all these different categories. And I actually, I I like this a lot. I think I think Amanda just misses, like, just tell me what it is. Is this an A? What am I looking at? Um, 
but each category um, she's evaluated on uh, her performance level. So how well she's doing it. So um, she can have either uh, a W she does it with assistance, like someone's helping her mm-hmm. or an I, she does it on her own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's also N like not yet apparent, like she hasn't okay. started at all. And then you also, I like this, you're rated on your effort, which says how much you're trying to do it. So one means needs improvement. You're not trying that hard. Two is satisfactory and three is outstanding. So what this means in theory, if for example, um, you're you're a young kid and you're in gym class and you just can't dunk, you just can't dunk the ball like Michael Jordan. Um, guess what? You tried really hard, so you're still getting an outstanding. And I like that a lot because Good, I like that too. You could easily show up and not try to do it at all, right? You know? Yeah, or like an art class. You might not yes. that might not be your jam, but if you're trying really hard, you deserve a good grade. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, all joking aside, right? Yeah, so um, I won't read through the whole thing, but like some it, it, here, it has her grades per quarter. So I've got one, two, three, and the last one was four, obviously. Um, but uh, let's see, let's look at some highlights here. What do we got here? Here we go. Counting and geometry. She went from uh, with assistance to independent throughout the year, and she got she went from <laughs> satisfactory effort to outstanding effort so apparently she started caring yeah 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 this one's interesting art she's in with assistance which i i get that and she was a two so that's satisfactory outstanding and then went back down to satisfactory so i don't know if she just stopped (laughs) caring about it Uh, a couple highlights uh, drama uh ended the school year with independent and outstanding uh let's look at this reading independent and outstanding so uh anyway the stuff i'm loving is this report card it's kind of nice to see because you know i'm so close to it right so it's kind of hard to see improvement and honestly when i look at freya's handwriting i'm like oh god i need to do better (laughs) i need you but but when i look at this let's see where's writing at here we go writing expression of thoughts and ideas independent you know, knowledge of language and convention with assistance, but three is still outstanding effort. So I know at least she's trying, you know? So, I mean, I guess we're fine. But yeah, when I look at her handwriting, I'm like, oh God, is this what, is this what it's supposed to look like? But I guess all of our handwriting was terrible when we were kids, you know? So. Also um, that when you were saying, oh, I'm kind of too close to it. So it's nice to get like yeah. an outside perspective, but also um, a lot of kids, perform differently at school than they do at home you know and they behave yeah. differently and they have because there are different expectations at school than at home and there are different rituals at school than at home so yeah it's it's really neat to see a, a report card from yeah me. it's there's <laughs> that report card and uh uh for new time listeners freya will be going into the first grade in the fall she made it to the digits so <laughs> That's exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. Well, since we heard about cats, now we must hear about dogs. Um, there is a television show on Netflix called Mustard Dogs. Have you heard of it? <laughs> I've not heard of mustard dogs, and I follow all mustard-related media. It's so. not mustard, the, oh. the condiment. 
I know it sounds like mustard and everyone I've told about this show is like mustard dogs. What? No, it's mustard dogs as in um, the word muster, which in Australia apparently is like an equivalent word for herding livestock. You muster your cows, you muster your sheep. Now I'm a little disappointed. (laughs) I know, but hopefully I can get you back on board. Um, So this TV show uh, is, was, a really, really fascinating to me. Um, I'm really interested in farming. Um, it's just an interest that I have. I I watched a show a few years ago called Clarkson's Farm on Amazon Prime. And there is a Clarkson's Farm too, which is also very good. But it was about a guy who's a famous uh, British television personality who owned a farm, but he never worked his farm. And then during COVID, he decided to work his farm um and he found out how hard it is to work a farm Mm. and it made me really think about how everything we eat comes from a farm and how I don't think about the people who are working their butts off to provide the ingredients that go into everything we eat they're all getting threes in their effort they're going through the moon They really are. And so I'm really interested in farming. So when I saw there was a show about farmers in Australia, I thought I'm going to watch this. And also, I don't know anything about Australia, really. So I thought, oh, this will be cool. I'll learn more about Australia, which is a huge country that I just don't know very much about. (laughs) So um, I got to learn about farming and Australian culture through this show called Mustard Dogs, which is about this man who has the like creme de la creme mm, mm, of like dog DNA in his breeding line of these particular dogs called Kelpies. And these Kelpies are apparently just, they've got the the herding instinct inside them. They want to herd cows and sheep and livestock. They, they, they live for it. It's inside them. And so he's been breeding this, this line of Kelpies. And now apparently to integrate a puppy into your muster team of dogs okay. that, that herd your livestock. <laughs> I'm with you. The whole, the whole process takes about three years, which is a big investment um, for farmers. And the idea was, what if we could get it down to a year with the right breeding and the right training program? What if we could get a muster dog out in in the fields in a year? That would help us so much. Um, cause we get more time out of the dogs cause the dogs can only work for about 10 years and then they have to retire. Um, so they get more time out of the dogs, um, all these benefits. So they give the dogs, he gives five puppies to five farmers throughout the country of Australia who have different training techniques. <laughs> okay. And, okay. And he's like, you know, he's got milestones that he wants the dogs to be able to hit at like four months, six months, nine months, a year. And then a year, they're all going to get back together and they're going to watch the dogs muster cattle. And they're going to see who did the best job, basically, Um, which dog team, dog handler team. And I guess the first part of the process is you must form what they call a Bluetooth connection with your dog. So you have to be so in tune with your oh. dog 
that you can like just speak a word to the dog and the dog will know exactly what you want it to do. And the way that you form this connection is just apparently by spending all of your time with this dog, which appeals to me greatly because I love spending time with dogs. Um, (laughs) But this show is actually, it's really sweet. It's very wholesome. You'll learn a lot watching it. And also the dogs are super duper cute. And um, uh, I just love this show and I want people to watch it. So that's why I'm telling you about it. Muster Dogs on Netflix is a real treat and it's a stuff I've, I've been loving. <laughs> it's a real, real barking good time. I got um, <laughs> I, I got nothing, but it sounds like a show that Freya would probably be into. Lately, she's been getting really into kind of like reality type shows. Um, I think. Yeah, it it's a it is a docu series, and there's a dog you dog you series a dog you series a documentary series a documentary, and um I there isn't anything bad in it. Like I, you can totally show it to her. They do name one of the dogs Lucifer. Oh, <laughs> well, Freya, I told you we watched the new It movies together, right? Oh, well, she's fine. Yeah, she's fine. Yeah. I was going to say, you may need to explain why that's a funny name for a dog to have. But other than that, (laughs) I guess I would probably just tell her that Lucifer is another name for the devil. She's a big, she's a big fan of the devil. She loves it because she thinks that's interesting. (laughs) Well, there's a show on Netflix called Cuphead. Have you heard of this one? Yeah, yeah. And the devil is oh, in the that. The devil is a character on the, there. The devil's very he's sassy. Cute. Yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. cute He's character. a cute devil. And he's like, I'm the devil. <laughs> uh, let's. You ready to talk about some tales? Let's do it. From. The. Library. It's been so long since we've done that. Tales from the library, tales from the library, read some books, read some books. We also have online resources. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's great. Cut that off. <laughs> uh, I've got a tell from the library. I yes? want to hear it. <laughs> Thank you. It'd be funny if you're like, shut the front door i don't want to hear about your day i work in a library all day sir shut your mouth uh there's a kid his name's declan hey declan if you're listening you're a cool guy he is declan is so declan is what i would call one of our power users he's in the library every day he comes to pretty much every one of my programs He's just barely a teen. He's a tween. He just turned 12 like a couple weeks ago, but he's been coming to all of our D&Ds for a while, and uh, he's a great kid. Now, Declan, I've talked to you about this before. Sometimes Declan can be, how do they say, up my butt and around the corner sometimes, (laughs) as in I'm there and he's talking to me. Asking me to play chess with him while I'm at the information desk. I'm trying to do passports and he's talking to me about whatever. And Declan, you're a great kid, but we've talked about this. Boundaries, man. You know, I got, I know it's hard to explain, but I got work too. I would love to just hang out with you. Anyway, one day earlier this week, Declan asked me if I wanted to play Smash Brothers against him. And I said I would. But I would feel bad 
for beating him is what I said. <laughs> and Declan looked at me with a look that I can only describe as disgust. And he said to me, he goes, you're over 30 years old to imply that I wouldn't be good at games because I'm an old uh, man. You're going to be even better at games because you've been playing them that much longer than he That's is. what I said. He looked at me and he goes, you're like over 30 years old. For the listeners, I'm actually much closer to 40. But anyway, so today I finally had a chance to play him. And uh, so I'm not a competitive guy. I was going <laughs> to let I was going to let Declan win. I'm such a nice guy. I was oh, going to let really? him win. No, I was about to say, please tell me you handed his oh. soul to him on a platter. <laughs> well, I was going to let him win until he made that comment. And then today I just like, I just <laughs> metaphorically... Just spank that, spank <laughs> that ass as hard as I could. And it was so sad. It was for me and all other middle-aged gamers <laughs> in the world. Um, it was incredible. Um, How did Declan react to his his loss? So here's the deal. I've definitely, I have some kids that come to Video Game Club, which is one of our programs and other things that are very competitive, who may not have reacted as well as Declan did. But he still, he was fine. He said things like, oh, man. And then he said something like, you're so good because you've been playing so long. And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, Declan. Yeah, that's right, buddy. (laughs) So he was fine. We were actually playing because I give out snacks during our programs. Like I just got like a big box of snacks and he wanted snacks. And I said, only during the programs, bro. And that's how it started. He said he wanted uh, to play me for a snack. And that's when I said, well, it doesn't matter if we play for snacks or not because you're not going to win is what I said. (laughs) And so then he was more like, oh, can I still get a snack? And I was like, no, no, you know, <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's my tale. It was felt so good. And I'm not, I'm really not competitive. Like, I, you know, I usually let most of the kids win that I play against. Like, oh no, what are buttons? Uh, I'm so <laughs> I'm just an old man. I don't know what's happening. You've been uh, hustling these kids. They didn't think you were that good. Uh, and I'm not that, I'll be honest with you. Like, I'm not that great at smash, but like, I'm good enough. And I did, I was serious because I went in there with like my main, which my main is Princess Peach. And I was like, I'm going to smoke this kid. And then once I, we played three games. And then once I beat him the first time, then I went in with Cloud, who I'm not as good at and beat him. And then we both went random character. And then I beat him again. So after three times, then I was like, no, I need to go back to work. (laughs) Smell you later, is what I said. So... I love that. I also appreciate that Declan kept playing with you. Yeah. Um, my my nephews are they're younger than Declan, but if they if we're playing a game and they can sense that they're not going to win the game, mm. <laughs> they will sabotage the game. Like, oh no, the chessboard fell on the floor. <laughs> oh no, I sneezed and pushed everything off of the game board, you know? <laughs> you know what? You bring up a really good point. Because really, he handled it fine. He still had a fine time. Like, he didn't get mad at me or anything. And I was playing it up a little bit, too. Where I was, <laughs> I did this bit where I put my hand, oh. And I was like, I was like, but I'm so old. I could barely see the TV, you know? Um, no, he's a good kid. It's just, it, it's hard. Cause with summer he's in there the whole day. And there are times I'm like, I'm leaving my office to go to the bathroom. Hey, Mr. Leaf. Hey, Hey Declan. I gotta, I gotta go drop some kids yeah, off at the, at the old community pool. I, I'll see you later, buddy. You know? So yeah. Um. <clears throat> My tale from the library is uh, we did a program recently 
for um, some school children. They had a field trip and they came to the library. Awesome. Awesome. And um, I, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't sure how the field trip went. It was kind of hectic. And I feel like I kind of got like mixed reactions from the kids and the teachers. Like sometimes I'll do a field trip and I'm like, oh, I killed it. We nailed it. They loved it. They're going to they're like so excited for the library this time. I don't know. There was something a little off. And I was like, gosh, I hope that they had a good time. Um, it might have been just because it was real close to the end of the school year. And probably everyone was like ready to check out it's yeah. almost summer like i'm not paying attention to anything you have to say you know that kind of thing so anyways i was having this like well oh well it's it's over and done now um i gotta move on and then the teacher came in with a whole stack of thank you cards which oh my goodness probably told the kids to write but <laughs> I, it was so sweet to read the various messages within the cards and I did the program with a fellow children's librarian and they when you would open the card there would be a side where they specifically thanked Miss Andy for um the part that she did she took them on a tour and then there was then they would specifically thank me for the part that I did I did like a story time with them and this was my favorite quote from one of the thank you notes. I'm going to oh, read it I'm, to you. I'm ready for this. Dear Miss Tess, thank you for the fun books. And you were so funny. I hope there are more people like you. Look at that. Tess. I know. I was like, thank you, kid. That's I really needed to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's incredible, right? Such a nice compliment to get from a elementary school child. I mean, and just anyone to for anyone to say, I just hope there are more people like you out there in the world. Like you were really fun and funny. <laughs> I feel bad for that kid though, because there is only one of you. So oh no. <laughs> There's probably more people out there kind of like me. So. Yeah. Hey, if you're like Tess, go ahead and email us at same team y'all at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you but no that's incredibly sweet that's really nice i would have beat him at smash too you know oh no it's gone to my head (laughs) hey leaf did you um happen to learn a life lesson recently that you might share with us oh did you learn a life lesson this week i did that's great Let's talk about it. Okay. (laughs) Here's a life lesson for you. Um, Let me look at my book. I write them all down in this book. Let me look at this. What's it say? I've got one of those books now. Do you? I have a lot of them. I remember you used to call it your serial killer notebook. Yeah, yeah. It's the notebook that, like, when I go to prison one day, they'll be like, here's the smoking gun. We got it. We got it. This man right here. Um, so I was in a training recently and it was about how to handle slash uh interact with customers that are MOA. You know the MOA? Mad, oh, mad on arrival. Mad on arrival. Sometimes a customer or a person, you know, in your life. I think a lot, I, I think a good training is just one that you don't have to be at work. You can still use like, Hey, mm-hmm. my boy, Ryan Dowd is listening. Oh, oh yeah. 
real quick tangent. I attended a live, I know, look at you. I attended a live Q&A with Ryan Dowd and I got to ask him questions via chat and he answered me. So that's so cool. Yeah, he's a cool dude. So here's an update if you're curious. He's still a cool dude, man. Yeah, he, I, I get his newsletter and I yeah. I go to his trainings and I saw the live Q and A. I didn't go to that. <gasps> one. I wish I had. There'll be there'll be other ones now. Um, just recently, my library has gotten like a, I don't know if it's like a subscription or if they're paying for something where you have access to like all of his stuff when they're coming up. Um, because well, not because I recommended it, but I said it, and then like we, you know, enough people said they were interested. And anyway, it was great. But anyway, this was a different training. And it's about how to deal with customers that are already angry. Like they show up and they're mad. And um, the trainer was, I mean, Ryan Dowd sets the bar so high. I mean, Ryan Dowd's like, I'd be like, you know, um, if he started a cult, I'd be there right away. I'd be there in the Ryan Dowd cult. Are you say, kidding? And I hope that nobody takes this the wrong way. He kind of reminds me of Jesus. I was, you know what? I was going to say the exact same. I was I was going to say the same thing. Thank he you. reminds me of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like if he looked into the camera during one of his Zoom meetings and was like, follow me, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> He's just such a like a good and like understanding person. And he says things and you're like, I get that, Ryan. I get that. I actually, so just to tie things together, I actually, the question I asked him was how do I properly deal with I, I said i'm a teen librarian how do i deal with teens that i i have a great connection with but i still got to do my actual job mm-hmm. declan i'm sorry it was about you if you're listening um and ryan gave me some great advice it was oh, basically right. like you got to be straight with them and be like hey it is your job and you tell them like hey if i could get paid and just play smash all day are you kidding mm-hmm. me that's amazing but I can't, like I would lose my job, you know? Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. But this other training was talking about people who are mad on arrival and they use the, um, and they, many examples. And one was a customer who comes in and they're upset about an item in the collection, right? It's kind of the, yeah. that's a thing that happens. And it's oh, kind of yeah, like, it's sure. it doesn't feel good, right? Because often sure. someone will come in and they're mad already and they're not even necessarily mad at you, but they're just mad, you know, either at the library or at, bigger things that that they think are going on in the world and it's just a uh it's drawn their attention as a symptom of those things um and this trainer um and i wish i remembered his name i actually never saw his face it was just a voice so it could have been ryan dowd doing a voice i don't know probably not though but um they said something really interesting where they said they were like it's fine if they don't like an item in the collection they said if they don't like it that's fine because it's not our job to tell people what they should like or not. And he goes, and if someone is upset about the item in the collection, he goes, this is what you do. You listen and then you give them the form, (laughs) you know? And he said, and he said this multiple times, which I thought was really interesting because I've kind of been told the exact opposite by my administration, but that doesn't mean anyone's wrong. It's just different approaches. He said, do not defend the collection. And he said, you know why? Because the collection does not need you to defend it. It exists and your job, and this is where I'm getting back to the same team, y'all, your job is not to change this person's mind. Your mm-hmm. job is to listen and then tell them what they can do now. If they want to go to a supervisor, you get the supervisor. If they want to fill out, if your library has a um, 
was it materials reconsideration form? You give that to them, but your job is not to say, which not to call out my system, but I've been told in the past, then you have a conversation about, so the collection is for everyone and all that. Cause he says, it does not matter. You will not change your mind. And it is not your job to change their mind. Um, And it just, that really struck me because it's like, we've talked about this before about how, I don't know, like it's easy. I think, and I don't know if it's, it's, it's a hard nebulous thing. I don't know if it's just society or social media, but it feels like everything is trying to change everyone's mind. Right. And one, it doesn't work. And two, honestly, is it even my right to tell this guy he shouldn't be mad about this book? Maybe he has legitimate reasons in his own mind to be mad about this book. It's not my job to defend it, you know? And and uh, I think there's a life lesson in there somewhere, right? I think there is. Yeah, I definitely get it. And we had kind of a, we've had, listen, again, if you have friends who work in public libraries, check in on them. We are not 100% okay. We're dealing with a lot of stuff. And one of the things, the weird things that we've been dealing with lately, I think almost every public library is the, what they call the culture war, right? Um, There's, uh, you know, and for some reason we've become kind of this, uh, this point. Battleground. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. um, kind of through no fault of our own. And there are, or maybe it's just because we're here to provide access, right? We're not here to pass judgment. You can check out whatever you want at the library. We've got books about everything. Um, and uh, recently at our library, um, you know, we've had some challenges. You know, we've had some some folks who are upset about some things in our collection. But we've also have some uh, very well-meaning people who want who want to celebrate mm. these books and they want to put them on display and they want um but the the thing that we've kind of come down about is we have the books and whoever needs them is gonna find them yeah um they don't have to be on display for everybody um that actually probably hurts us because it's a perception that we're pushing mm-hmm. some sort of agenda, whether that be a left-leaning agenda, a right-leaning agenda, no matter what it is, when you put something that's kind of controversial on display, whatever it may be, there could be a perception that we're promoting that ideal, that ideology and not just that material that we happen to have on that topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of just remembering that those books are there and people will find them. And even the people who are mad about them, maybe one day they will read that book and maybe one day they will change their mind. But you're right. That's not our job. Yeah, that's that's on them. That's something that they will maybe eventually come to. Yeah, I think if we go a little. So this is a little inside library baseball. I think there is a culture within the library field where some people think, oh, no, that is our job to to promote certain ideals. And I would argue that you could make that same argument for any ideology, right? Not just the one that you think is the best one. And I would argue that for libraries, it shouldn't be pushing any one ideal, right? Because it's 
it is for everyone period not for not just for people who think a certain way i am um, <clears throat> i wasn't going to mention this but recently i guess one of our libraries hosted um like a, a one of the libraries in my system had uh um oh no actually this is something different but a, a staff member came up to me and they found a flyer somewhere in the library and the flyer um, on the front of it said uh uh, I said, hide the pride is what it said. Oh, yes. And then, and then, so I never heard of this and it, it ha gave instructions. So to, to hide the pride, it was people who were, I guess, against pride month. Um, mm -hmm. There were instructions on there that told people to go to the pride displays and check out all the pride books so that no one else can check them out. But I did, I read this, I read this, which I appreciate. Thank you very much to this coworker for bringing it to me. You, I mean, you did the right thing. I'm a department head. So why not? I read through it and it said, check out the books. And then it explicitly said, don't get in arguments with the staff and bring the books back. And the staff member goes, well, what do we do? I said, we let them check the books out. <laughs> like what, you know what I mean? She goes, but then no one else can check them out. I said, if they check them out and they bring them back, I mean, it is not our, that's not our responsibility. Like we don't check when people check books out, we don't check to make sure everyone's reading them. Like, sir, did you finish that book? <laughs> no, you can't have it back yet. Oh, what are you up to girl? Oh, <laughs> going fast. What is she doing? Tattoos. Oh, show me your tattoos. Where are they? Whoa. Oh. Freya got tattoos? Yeah, they're permanent tattoos. Oh my gosh. Did the needles hurt? <laughs> no. No. Okay. She's lucky. My tattoos hurt a lot. <laughs> she, she's a big girl. She's uh she's in a thing called uh at MSD Camp Innovation. It's a week-long day camp at the school, and they're always like working on like STEM things and building. She's building a robot that I'm gonna get to see on Friday. It's gonna be really cool. Oh, that's so that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, just to, yeah, it's really cool. Um I'm I'm setting my expectations low, but you know. <laughs> but anyway, for, yeah. For the robot that your kindergartner built. For the robot that my kindergartner, I'm not expecting it to be my butler or anything like that. I mean, if it did the laundry, that would be great. But you know. Um, but anyway, just to go back to the library, put a little bow on it. But yeah, it's here's the books. You're looking for this? Here you go, sir. You know? And if someone and, is upset. And really, they're just kind of adding to the the stats they don't know this so maybe we yeah. shouldn't reveal the secrets but if you check out a book yeah it, it's less likely to be weeded from the collection yeah. um so <laughs> i mean <laughs> and also at the end of the day I, i'll always say this we're, we're librarians we're not the book police so if someone checks a book out and then they damage it i mean that's on them you know that you could do they, that to any book you know yeah. so yeah. um anyway that's my life lesson let me cue this up because i i need to bring up our um uh our music i'm sorry i'm so disheveled oh my goodness so disheveled um we've reached the end of life lessons so now let's take a pause and let's all consider something that we're thankful for hmm hmm Oh, our dear listening friends, I hope you've thought of something. Uh, Tess, what is something that you are thankful for? 
Um, so something I'm grateful for, I've been, I've been trying to do this thing lately. Uh, that's, this is the theme of the positivity pause for me is reframing thoughts that could be perceived as negative as positive thoughts. So, um, something that could be perceived as negative is that it's incredibly busy at our library and, oh my gosh, everyone is overworked and people are starting to get burnt out. And, um, that may seem, uh, undesirable. However, people are using the library. And I think the reason that we're so busy is um, it's kind of the first summer since the pandemic has been like officially announced that it's over. And I think people are coming out and they want to come to their library and they want to do programs and they want to do the summer reading. And um, so I'm I'm choosing to see it as a positive. Look how many people are interested in using their public library. Uh, that's a really good thing. So that's what I'm grateful for. <laughs> you know, that's great. I'm going to piggyback off of that um, because uh-huh. I was in a one-on-one with one of my staff when we were talking about my boy Declan. And, um, <laughs> and I'm thankful we talked about this because he's He's not listening, but Declan, if you are, we really do love you. But I mean, he's been talked to, I think he's just a bored teenager. He's bored of his mind. He's talking to everyone. But we came around in our meeting, me and and my friend Carrie, and we were talking about, like, this is the, this is the kid we want in the library. Like, he's at every program. And we came to his school, like, near the end of the uh, school year to just, like, talk about summer reading. And he was in her class, Carrie's class, and he was, like, he wanted to do the presentation. He wanted to tell everyone why the library is awesome and why you got to go here and why these librarians are great. great. And although sometimes the word annoying is tough, but he could get a little grading, especially when I'm just trying to, you know, just trying to go to the bathroom, man, you know. (laughs) Or earlier... I was like on a video chat with someone and I was oh, walking, no. I was walking by on my laptop cause I had to get to my office phone. I was having issues with my phone and he was like, Hey, Mr. Leaf. And I was like, dude, I'm in a chat. You got to read the room. <laughs> anyway, all that to say, I am thankful for my boy Declan and other teenagers that are coming into the library. Cause that is, that's the dream, you know? Yeah, for and sure. now, now listening friend, please take a moment. Think about something you're grateful for and whisper it into a tiny little acorn and plant it in your backyard. Oh, it's going to be beautiful when it grows. It's going to be beautiful. Uh, Oh, I have music for, I thought since we've got music for the quote, um, or for the thankful, I've got music for the stuff we love, or the thing we love about, oh, sorry, that's the most awkward transition. Give me a second. Edit that out, okay? Okay, thanks. The uh, we'll we'll edit that out. Don't worry. Um, here, let's try it again. Now, listener, let's ponder something that we love about ourselves. Oh no, guys! I'm on the bus and I farted. Uh oh. Oh no. I farted on the bus. Oh no. I farted on the bus. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I I couldn't think of a good song, and this is a old reliable with me and and Freya. She loves it. It's a good one. Oh so. man! At you least uh, he feels bad about farting on the bus. He does yeah. feel bad about farting on the bus. I yeah. Appreciate that. What's something um, you love about yourself, Tess? 
So again, reframing something that I thought might be negative. I've, uh, uh, I'm a very emotional person and I cry when I'm feeling emotional. Um, and I, uh, uh, there's been several times where I'm at work and I can mm. feel like I'm about to start crying and I I'm like, Oh, don't do it. Don't do it. You can't do it right now. You got to do that later. And I kind of talk myself out of it. And um, I feel like I could feel bad about the like three to five times every day at work that I feel like crying, but I'm going to look at it positive and say something I love about myself as I'm getting better at regulating my emotions and then I can identify, oh, this is going to make me cry. Let me do this to like distract myself or to make myself feel better or whatever um, so that I can keep going and keeping productive at work because that's what they pay me to do. They don't pay me to sit and cry at my desk, unfortunately. That'd be um, a great job. Can you imagine? <laughs> I don't know if it'd be a great job. Watch, but... <laughs> <laughs> Watch the end of Titanic again. Okay. <laughs> Listen to the <laughs> Superman theme. Oh, he just wants to save the earth. <laughs> so um that's something that i love about myself what's something that you love about yourself oh um i actually don't have anything prepared uh i love that i didn't fart on the bus <laughs> <laughs> no no um let me think what's something i love about myself um you know what i love even though this kind of drives me not so's that i love that i want to do a good job at work there's a part of my brain where I was having a tough time at work, you know, the past couple of years or so transition to a new job and staff and all kinds of things we don't have to get into. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I'll retire in the year 2050, which seems a long time from now. And there's a part of my brain who's like, well, I'm not going anywhere. Let me coast. Right. And I tried it and I just don't have it in me. I don't have it in me to see that things need to be done and to just leave them alone or to leave see staff that need help and just let them flounder i just don't got it in me i wish i did boy that make life easy but i don't and i guess i love that about myself i also have that gene it's like the gene where you overhear some people yeah. griping about something and you're like well they're not talking to me i don't actually have to address this and then you think no i do i, need I to know go over there and mm -hmm. i can make sure everyone's okay mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> Uh, listener, I gotta be a good person. I guess I'm gonna be a good person today. Well, shoot. Um, listener, listening friend, please consider something that you love about yourself. Uh, this one you can let me think, what are you gonna do with this one? This one you shout it from the top of a mountain. So get your get your mountain climbing gear, chalk up those hands, climb a mountain, and shout something that you love about yourself. Uh, right now, that'd be great. Oh my god. Oh I can hear that from here. Oh my god. Oh I love that about you too. Oh, I love your games. <laughs> uh friends, you've been listening to an episode of Same Team Y'all. Um, if you like to email us, that email same team y'all at gmo.com. If you like to see our faces, that YouTube channel is same team y'all y apostrophe a l l at the YouTube. We've got a Twitter handle. You're not gonna guess us at same team y'all. 
it's great uh like us subscribe write it rate us tell people about us and always remember we love you but not in a creepy way Farted on the bus oh no i did a fart on the bus i did a fart on the bus wait till they break it down it's funny I farted on the bus, yeah. I do the sneaky. I farted on the bus, yeah. I farted on the bus. Break, Break it, it down. down, yeah. Farted on the bus. This guy farted on the bus. He did a big. Oh, I forgot to thank. Thank you, Lil Big Stack, for the musical, uh, musical styling of uh, "I farted on the bus." Thank you so much, and uh, remember. Fart on the bus. Thank you.